This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, coming to you with a special holiday episode. I'm Kara Shimborski, and joining me today is Jenny Martinez. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? Well, super festive now that it's officially Christmas season, Danny. (laughs) I know. It's finally cold, and it's like lights are coming out. I am very excited. I love this season. This This is the best. It's like the older I get the more I love Halloween, but Christmas is like forever my first holiday love. So this time of year, like I'm a Christmas monster. I'm like Christmas music 24 seven, the whole month, like I'm decorating the tree, like right after Thanksgiving, I've already done like all of my Christmas shopping and definitely by the time this Minnesota airs. Um, So this is like my exact wheelhouse. I'm so excited to be talking with you about christmas themed comic books it it is you know when when picking uh, a few issues to read for this minisode there really are a lot of christmas comic books like we had quite the selection we chose three books to read today um we're going to talk about an origin story for santa claus that is metal as fuck and we will also be talking about uh, a compilation of my favorite everyman and yours archie and uh, we found a little, a uh, little hidden gem, little hidden gem of a comic book that will, uh, will slide into the middle right there. But, uh, Danny, let's start with Klaus. Let's, uh, let's talk about this book from, ooh, a few years ago now by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. And longtime listeners of the show will say, "But Kara, you hate Grant Morrison, and you're correct, except for Klaus." <laughs> that was my first note. Like, why are we doing this book? <laughs> knowing uh, your feelings uh, uh, towards Morrison. But I'm glad, we, I mean, uh, I love this series too. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad we got to go back and reread it. Um, I read it when it was originally coming out in 2015. It was where I discovered Dan Mora's art and I've been in love with it ever since. And now That's he's doing really big great. things at DC. Uh, so yeah, quite a journey to revisit this. So I realized upon rereading this story. So this is our Santa Claus origin story, but made this is perhaps not for children. There's a lot of blood. (laughs) There's a lot of like ancient evil gods happening over here. There might be a mushroom trip. It was never clear. I I think I'm pretty sure somewhere in the book it says this is like Santa Claus year one. Yeah. Uh, Like in, in the description or somebody's quote or something. I remember reading it and I was like, Either that or the Dark Knight comparison. And I'm like, uh, Dark Knight is a little too far, but I get the year one stuff. Like, this is definitely a deconstruction of the character. And, like, just uh, let's let's explain each little thing of, like, how Santa Claus got it, uh, but in, like, the most metal way possible. I am such a fan of Santa Claus origin stories. Um, I don't know if you've ever read Lyman Frank Baum, who wrote the Wizard of Oz books in like 19 or early 1900s wrote uh the life and adventures of santa claus which is an origin story for santa claus and like how he grew up in the forest of bursey and was raised by a nymph and all the woodland creatures and magical creatures like flocked to him and helped him on his quest to build toys and it's so wonderful (laughs) and it was made into a stop motion animation in i think the 70s but the book is like one of my Christmas hallmarks. And then um, one of the, a a different stop motion animated Santa Claus origin story, Santa Claus is coming to town by the uh, same studio that did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, 
a lot of similarities actually between that and this comic book, which I thought was hilarious while reading it. I was like, oh, it's Santa Claus is coming to town, but like with horror. <laughs> it's the like, same they like you know, they have they have overlap. Santa Claus is a boy like raised in the woods and like wants to join society and the bad guy in the town is the leader of the town and is like taking all the toys away from the children. That's where the similarities end, but there's enough there where I was just like, okay, we're borrowing elements from each other. It's fine. Grant Morrison definitely watched this special as a kid. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I mean, everything that, everything that is put into this story, I'm like, this all just really makes sense. And, I love I love even just from the opening page where it feels like a fairy tale. Like Dan Mora, that's probably the only page that doesn't look like the normal Dan Mora style that we've gotten to learn. It, it it's a lot less stylized. It looks a little bit more like uh like from a storybook, right? Uh and but then after that it kind of gets going into like, okay, this is actually the way I draw things. Uh I mean, this one was I, just to get you in the mood. I did love how the art style changed subtly throughout this book, depending on the scene um like there's some flashbacks to when you see claus as a kid when he's like childhood sweethearts with the girl who spoilers grows up to marry the evil overlord of the town and like that art style is done a little more cartoonishly to show you sort of like an idealized childhood flashback and then once our villain shows up which it's krampus (laughs) which is great (laughs) yeah you thought you thought the baron was bad and like what that was that was one of the most fun reveals when i originally read this and i was very much looking forward to getting to that part again so the baron's like everyone can hear all like this voice right everybody is working in the mines because the baron has everyone working in their minds for for the coal uh supposedly for the king but it's for more nefarious purposes but but yeah the baron just like he kind of goes unhinged and he's like after this magical power that Krampus has promised him supposedly, uh, but that whole sequence of when Krampus finally shows up, man, it, it gets really wild, really crazy, and it's it's a really good fight, uh, like a main event for sure for and this whole like, story. And the art is like dialed up from the rest of the story. There's like way more like line detail going on. You can tell this is like, you know, the last episode of Avatar: The Last Airbender, where they're just like throw money at it, make it really good. Yeah. Yeah, the color palettes completely changed because uh, Krampus brings the fire, which I, I don't know if that's a thing in normal mythology or something that was added for this book that he can like breathe fire. But I really like the touch because it was great. Claus is yeah, Claus is all about the the snow and the winter, right? Like he's like all throughout the the book, he's out in the wild, and even though he does have a cabin, like he's been out in the snow with the wolf like this whole time. Um, so I quite enjoyed that change in tone. Much like I enjoyed the sleigh being pulled by wolves instead of reindeer. <laughs> just like, it's Santa Claus. Like, there's enough where you're just like, yes, this is a Santa Claus story. But you're still like, now he's got wolves. He's got a big sword. He says, ho, 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 while cutting off Krampus's head. <laughs> yeah, in in my notes, I just wrote the sleigh in all capital letters. <laughs> um, one, one of my favorite things about the book and since we were talking about the art style, whenever uh, Klaus plays the flute, there's a few sequences where that happens, where that's kind of where all the magic comes in. 
like the color changes into like this northern lights like just all kinds of colors where i have never done drugs but i imagine <laughs> that's what it would be if you were on something very strong uh and then all the enough, to- yeah interestingly enough there is also a psychedelic sequence in santa claus is coming to town <laughs> the christmas special so that's another point where i was just like you guys you guys lifted this script and made it dark i get it i get it <laughs> yeah yeah um so and, and i just love that when klaus finally wakes up like there's just like you know so some people have a bad night or a bad hangover and then they wake up to a mess klaus wakes up to like toys just <laughs> he's, millions of toys laying around all around him he's talking to his magical wolf he's like what did i do last night <laughs> right right yeah really really fun i would say like as a comic book this is a really solid comic book it's a good like adventure fantasy story it's done in seven issues um i don't think it's perfect for me there were a few pacing moments that i thought could have been ironed out a little bit better um there were some panel sequences that i found a little confusing like there's this part where the the bad guys have captured claws and have decided to like stake him spread eagled into the ice and i didn't realize what was happening until they did like the full reveal because like the way that they were switching between like his cottage burning and like him being tied up and everything i was like what is happening but those are minor qualms because overall this is great and like i'll keep harping on the art but the facial expressions of all these characters were like really exaggerated and elastic and made it feel more like I was watching a Christmas special, but for grownups. Yeah. I think my favorite example of that is when uh, I guess after Klaus finally shows up and talks to lady, I think her name is Dagmar when she finally realizes it's him and he gives her the bird and then she goes to play with her son. uh, But her face is completely changed. Like her demeanor is completely changed after that. And that even transfers over to Jonas who like, throughout this whole book has been like the brattiest child in the world. Like he's got all the toys. He's got everything he could ever want, except like he's not happy because he, he gets bored pretty quickly. Uh, well, also his he, dad has been socially isolating him from other uh, children, yeah. which is never a good plan. No, I I mean, I don't have kids, but I agree. I think that kids just need to go out and play with other kids and learn, learn to be more social. Oh, my God. One of the, the parts in this book that really got me was it's like in the opening when you see all this, the scene is being set and the soldiers are going through the, da- the town confiscating toys from the children. And one of them takes like a rock from this one kid and he's like, in a child's hands, anything can be a toy. And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he took all the real toys. <laughs> oh my god, no, it was great. I thought I thought this worked on multiple levels and I loved it and I did enjoy that, you know, as as a Christmas story, this touched on a lot of um Christmas themes about what to like the whole like good and evil thing and the light and the darkness and like making a special time out of the literal darkest time of the year. And something that I just really enjoyed because, you know, there's so in in comics, we get to see a lot of like really grand epic stories, but not a lot of them let themselves get too corny, which I think is a loss because this book has like one of the most aggro, like badass hero Klaus moments of him just like screaming, no child is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book never takes itself too seriously, like. 
sure you can call it dark and gritty, but it's not serious. It's it's fun, and that's what it's supposed to do, because I think that's what the holidays it's supposed to be too, right? It's supposed to be fun, uh, and I think uh, the team's trying to remind us of that. Uh, like there was this this sequence where uh, the big uh, giant Olaf shows up. And I'm just like, oh, there's going to be a fight. Like, and Klaus did not disappoint because in the next panel, he shows up and just, I think he throws a punch and just takes the dude out cold and then builds him into like this giant snowman on the ground for him to be found. <laughs> oh, very fun indeed. I would say if, if you are at all interested in good comic books that have to do with Christmas, but you want like swords <laughs> and... <laughs> and like crazy monsters going on this is probably the book for you yeah yeah and there, there's more like there's there's a few one shots for this and there's a couple other stories uh that i know are out there i'm pretty sure i've read everything Klaus, just because i had so much fun with this one so i kind of kept i asked my shop like anytime a Klaus book comes out just pull it for me please i'll, I'll come pick it up because i knew they were going to do more one shots uh and there's more like origins added to the lore like anybody you could think of as a santa claus quote-unquote uh, antagonist like they're gonna eventually show show up in a Claus book amazing <laughs> um we found the before we get to our archie holiday compilation uh we found the greatest holiday gift of them all danny and i were looking through our favorite library service hoopla to see what christmas comics were available for us to read and without knowing anything about this book beyond its title and its cover we knew we had to read the legends of nascar christmas special <laughs> from 1991 <laughs> there there is so much to this because first of all i didn't even know they made nascar comics back in Who knew? i don't know they yeah 1991 exactly. vortex comics thank you <laughs> yeah there this was a big learning experience uh just as far as like who are these guys? What's going on? Like, <laughs> I, like I've heard of NASCAR and like, I've heard some of the more current uh, because the TV keeps advertising, like all these new reality shows with NASCAR drivers or whatever. But like, these guys are old school. Like you can tell by the clothing and, you know, let, you want to get into the comic. Like you can really tell this is a nineties product. <laughs> it's so good. So, uh, I also don't know anything about NASCAR, so I guess we'll talk about this comic on several levels. Is it a good comic? Is it a good Christmas comic? Can you pick it up without knowing anything about late 80s, early 90s NASCAR? <laughs> so our uh, our our basic uh, plot structure is it's Christmas Eve and three famous NASCAR drivers are going home for the holidays, but wait santa claus is down one of the reindeer is injured and the sleigh can't go on so our nascar yeah, it, drivers it, the sleigh is out of alignment because it's uneven now that one of the reindeer can't go on so obviously <laughs> you have to get the car guys to take a look so they um, go, also they go up, <laughs> so they go up to the north pole they fix the sleigh, and to get all the toys delivered in time, the NASCAR drivers have to help Santa deliver the toys, so it's a race to deliver the toys. <laughs> Let's unpack <Yeah>. this. <laughs> they, well, the implication that NAS NASCAR drivers hang out like after hours all together, that was really funny. <laughs> um, and, and then also, the, the fact that one of them comes up with the design for a more sleeker uh, uh, a sleigh that can be driven by only two reindeer 
so they can split them up evenly. Uh, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. But when I saw the sleighs, I was like, oh, those look cool because it's like a car and a sleigh like mashed together. This is rad as heck. It was like those race car beds that you could get as a kid if you had rich parents. <laughs> it was exactly those. Yeah, I, I'm surprised there's not a uh, there wasn't an ad. Maybe there wasn't the original print, but the back of the, <laughs> the back of the book for, to order the 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 your bed. own sleigh bed. <laughs> yeah, your NASCAR. Yeah, sleigh you bed. can also help Santa. <laughs> no, it was it was great. So they so the drivers split up with Santa. They're each in their sleek <laughs> their sleek sleigh NASCAR sleds with two reindeer each, three for Santa because he's chubby and. <laughs> Like oh, it is the nineties. Okay, and um, not be not be. I mean, remember to tighten your reindeer's antlers before you head out with your <laughs> wrench. Oh, uh, so they're racing to deliver all the toys, and one of the drivers like goes down the chimney and says, "Oh, this is easy." And then he like shows up in the house. He's like, "Hey, this is my son's house." Well, my grandkids have been extra good this year, so he just dumps all the presents under his own tree. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed deeply that Santa Claus gave his deputy NASCAR driver Santa's three rules for being Santa. One, they have to wear part of the uniform. I forget what number 2 is, but 3 was no Cole and Dale Earnhardt stocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about NASCAR, but I know Dale Earnhardt is a big part of it, so that was yeah. a very funny reference. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know that name too, so that really that was really funny. <laughs> it it was it was an amazing, really fun read. It was very short because it was part of like this bigger compilation of like. Oh, it was totally oh, he... to be like buy this for your kid who likes NASCAR. Look, yeah. it's Christmas themed. <laughs> yep, yep. I really think it's funny that we. <laughs> You shot down the DC Rebirth holiday special, but we are reading this NASCAR special. Look, I don't want to get mad here. I want to have a good time, Danny. I don't need to be sitting there reading a DC Rebirth holiday special just being like, that's not the DC I grew up with. No, I'm here for ridiculous NASCAR hijinks, Danny. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the NASCAR I grew up with. That was really good. I really quite enjoyed that. I don't think I'll read any more NASCAR comics <laughs> because I, I did go into the first story and I was like, mm, no, mm, no, no thanks. No, but as it, a this Christmas is, this story. This isn't as much fun without Santa. Yeah, it's not but, as much fun without Santa. But as a Christmas story, it definitely works. It hits a lot of the tropes that we're used to, hits some of the story beats, goodwill, helping out the kids, uh, ending up at the children's hospital to give out extra gifts oh, yeah. Yeah, to the children at the end like we're checking all the boxes here yeah everything that you needed in a feel-good story you got in the last few pages of that um so successful successful holiday uh, comic i believe <laughs> all right now the moment i've been waiting for danny i made you read some holiday archie comics <laughs> you you made me read quite a lot of uh Look. archie comics so I, I'll start with that one. This is my one caveat for this whole thing because I had a good time reading the Archie comics, as you uh, should. This is the I, yeah. This is the Archie Christmas Classics. Um, it was, was published in 2011. Again, it's on Hoopla. Um, this is one of the many Christmas compilations of Archie comics. But I wanted Danny to read this one and for me to read this one because it is it is my opinion that the older Archie stuff is like really where they shine. 
in the, uh, the 60s, I think, in particular. And this issue had a lot of that. So, Danny, I would love to hear your impressions. And I can tell you why I love this so much. Sure. And like I said, I'm going to start with my one. It's not even a negative thing. It's just more of a uh, I don't know that this these were obviously published in a different format as opposed to this giant collection. Uh, so I should just not read more than a few of these at a time. Like <laughs> after a while, I was like, oh, no, here we go again. Here we go. Again. Like because these are very short little stories. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's there's so many of them. But but I, I think the collections very well done. They grab from a few different like all kinds of shenanigans for for Christmas. Like it, it's it's never about the same group of people, which I found really interesting. Like it, it's always a rotating cast of the Archie world, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. The other thing, there's like an army of creator names at the front of the book, but they all kind of like the art all kind of looks very similar. So like, I don't know if it's the same artist or everyone just was drawing the same way. It's, uh, it's a mix of artists. I do wish that they had broken out the artist by story. I've read so much Archie comics at this point that I can pick out like some of the artists. So whenever I was reading a Harry Lucy story, because I really like his art and I know kind of what to look for when I'm seeing that, like I can pick those out. But, you know, it's it's true. Archie has a house style and the artists in general do adhere to that. It was all um, basically from Dan to Carlo's illustrations of the gang yeah. like that became the de facto house style basically until i want to say like dan parent like did the the modern look more or less but yeah if you if you don't know like the nuances to look for you're like this is all the same but like i'm looking at this and i say oh this is all from like the mid-century because it's more the 50s archie comics were definitely more like you know all the girls were like really buxom hourglass silhouette pinups with like the full christian dior skirts and um, in the 60s, they kind of slimmed down a little bit and, you know, reflecting the fashion norms at the time um, for both men and women. So looking at this, I'm like, oh, OK, we're close to DiCarlo style, but we're slimmer. And some of the outfits, there's a lot more scarves and bobs and Betty's got her hair in pigtails. We're in the 60s. <laughs> well, and, and and this is a holiday Christmas time book. So like everyone's all covered up with like jackets and stuff. It's it's really like there's I guess even if that was the new ones that you look for, like it's really hard to tell on this one uh, mm-hmm. just because there are no you, you really can't tell uh, as much from that. Everyone's wearing like these winter jackets and Ooh, or I'm just gonna, piled up in the snow. Yeah, I'm going to sidebar real quick on that because there's actually a Josie and the Pussycat story from around this time that like makes a joke about that because in the Josie and the Pussycats comics. Like they were all like really drawn like that, but especially Melody. Like Melody was like if you held up a picture of her next to Kim Kardashian, you would be like same same. So, and in this issue, it's like set during winter, so all the pussycats are in these big coats, and Josie's saying something like, "Well, at least we have a chance." While Melody's in her coat too, and Valerie's like, "No, nah, the no, nah, the boys have like X-ray vision; they know what's under there." And I'm like, <laughs> "Come on, guys." <laughs> Oh, anyway, wow. what, back what from a the time sidebar. to make comics. Yeah, what a time to make <laughs> comics. Uh, which is also my first note on this. Like, I was like, the bravado on these guys is it's over the top. Danny, they're so mean in this book. Like, if your vision of Archie is wholesome, I beg you to read something from the '60s. They're so mean to each other in every line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, for, especially for like a holiday story. Like in, like I would say, fifty percent of the stories. Archie's trying to either pull a prank or be mean or Reggie's doing something mean to someone 
uh yeah it is it, it, it is not as holiday spirit as i thought it was gonna be <laughs> no there were definitely like a couple there were a couple stories in this collection that did like genuinely make me tear up because they were very like be good to the people around you be nice to your neighbors but like show up for your family and friends but most of them were just the gang being totally horrible to one another in various ways <laughs> yeah i think the the story where archie was like i was like oh my god i'm ready i'm done with archie because he leaves his parents <laughs> on christmas day uh and i'm like how is this our the protagonist of what we're trying to read but then you know you keep going with the story and he comes back because he's doing actually something really cool and nice for them uh so so i i changed my mind but i was ready to write him off completely (laughs) i feel like the first story you read in this compilation you sent me a screenshot and you were like cara why are we reading this horrible thing (laughs) yeah oh yeah it was it was a it was a whole ride i I love the story with the christmas tree with uh i think it's veronica's dad i forget Mm -hmm. his uh, his last name mr lodge and for some reason archie's the only person that can help him but archie keeps setting his trees on fire uh (laughs) This is like, look, Danny, this is why when I was like telling you don't start reading just like a random Archie Christmas thing, I need to find something with Archie and Mr. Lodge. One of the one of the things that they like really brought into the TV show Riverdale heavily was the Archie Mr. Lodge rivalry, which in the comics presents as like way more slapstick. But in Riverdale, because it's a show where the whole thing starts with a murder, it's like a much darker tone to that rivalry. But in the comics, especially... And like the 50s, 60s, 70s Archie comics, Mr. Lodge like hates that Archie is around Veronica. And it's not so much that he like hates Archie as a person. It's just that Archie's really clumsy. This is something that they dropped entirely for Riverdale. But like Archie is like Bella Swan. Like he just breaks everything that he touches kind of thing. Uh. So when he's at the Lodge Mansion, this usually ends up meaning like a priceless vase is destroyed or like, you know, in this case, a Christmas tree gets set on fire like repeatedly. So, yeah, they they, they go they go to the Christmas uh, lot, uh, the Christmas tree lot, like, I don't know, four times in the story. Uh, but the payoff for the story was amazing. When Veronica shows up and the dad bought like this, like steel Christmas tree with with asbestos decorations and i was like oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) they don't know they don't know know it's bad for them (laughs) oh my god so good um one of the one of the issues in this that stuck out for me um was definitely the one where the gang just like keeps getting madder at each other like they're talking about how christmas is for like goodwill and festivity and they're talking in like fake 60s teenage slang like what's up daddy-o kind of thing and every time another gang member shows up is like hey Sokka to me with that Christmas spirit they're just like ah shut up (laughs) (laughs) it just keeps escalating until they're all just yelling at each other yeah oh oh my god Um, uh they the, the gang has such interesting interaction with like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like they're all really good friends. Sometimes Reggie's just out to get Archie, which is that's the more the, like that's usually how I know Reggie, like more of an antagonist. Well, antagonist is a strong word, I think, but just as, he's just not cool with Archie. And the one where they try to uh, get Moose to get to beat him up by telling him that he's going on a date with, I guess, the girl that Moose is dating. Midge. 
Yes. Yeah, Mitch, which who shows up later too and smooches with Archie, and I'm like, what's happening? I thought Archie only was dating Veronica and Betty. Archie dates everybody, Danny. Like Betty and Veronica are his main gals, but like Archie has gone on a date with every girl in Riverdale, I think. Well, and and then what I found really funny was that in that story with uh, uh with Moose and the dates, like Veronica is scheduling dates for throughout the week with different boys and i'm like is it a different boy all every day of the week what's happening here i thought once again different time yeah my knowledge yeah i I guess these are like play dates or something but no i think it was like uh look reading uh, (laughs) i know i've said this before but archie is a comic book about teenagers written by adults for children so it's a very specific lens of teenagerdom and i grew up reading these like mid-century archie comic books so when i was a kid i thought that when i was a teenager i would be asked out on dates all the time to like go get burgers and fries and it would be fine and not like emotionally fraught in any way it's just like no you just like go out on dates and like sometimes you kiss people and it's fine. And then I actually got to a teenager and I was like, oh, we're all like an emotional toxic mess. And every like if you even look in your crush's direction, you're just blushing all day and can't even like cope. So Archie presented a very different image of that world to me. But rereading this book, I was like, damn, let's go back to like, I'm just going to go on a date and it's no big deal. And it doesn't like emotionally wreck me for a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's I just want to have a good night, a good evening. And that's all like it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, this giant courtship of like years. But <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff was like, oh, my goodness. Also, I, I wrote a note that says, how conceited do you have to be to give someone a calendar with your face on it? Because that's what Archie got Veronica in one of the stories. Yo, everyone thinks Reggie is the egomaniac, but let's look at our competition here, folks. <laughs> I, I was also excited that you got to see some of woman-hating Jughead, which I recently brought up to the gang, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Jughead like hated women as a character feature for like 40 years. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that... I was like, who is this Jughead? Why is he being such an ass? <laughs> um, One of the notes that I wrote to bring up is I totally forgot about the character Jingles the Elf who showed up in an issue here. Yeah, I, I was like, where? This one feels completely out of left field. So I'm just going to wait till we actually talk about it. <laughs> so please fill me in. Um, Jingles the Elf is a canon character in the Archie universe. Uh, similar to Mr. Mixelplizit for Superman. And <laughs> Jingle shows up at Christmas time to wreak Christmas chaos. <laughs> and everyone's just like, Jingles! <laughs> like, in this issue where he shows up, everyone knows him. That Like, as soon as they realize, like, crazy shit's happening, they're just like, is that you, Jingles? Come out! And I'm just like, all right, the 60s when magic just happened. <laughs> This is the same as the the little alien that used to come out on the Flintstones. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a trope, and it's still a trope. We just got a new uh, Nightwing. Just got a little imp of him of his own, Nightmite. So it'll never stop. stop. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, if your if your uh, IP doesn't have a like cheapified 
agent of chaos. What are you even doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need that to get to the next level. <laughs> oh man. So I I really loved I really loved this this comic adventure. Um some of the other holiday comics that I like, there's a lot of really um excellent Disney comics that are set at Christmas. Again, you know, you know, recently I've been on this whole like Carl Barks kick with all the duck the Duck Family and Scrooge McDuck comics and everything, but those are delightful. Actually, a few years ago, I got because they they're like harder to find in the U.S. But um, you know, Fanographics has been publishing some really beautiful editions of that. But sometimes you just want like a themed collection. So, um, excuse me while I like push my glasses up my nose. Um, I got a French version. <laughs> of the comics because there was a french christmas like disney comic collection and i like know enough french to be able to like follow along although i did have to look up the word for backhoe because like huey dewey and louie really wanted like a toy backhoe for christmas and so they're like a pellet to lose which i might have just like said wrong but that's how i remember it and yeah french listeners let us know please so so like Scrooge hears that they want a backhoe for Christmas and like they're envisioning a toy, but he buys them a real backhoe <laughs> to show what a good uncle he is. So I also thought they wanted a real backhoe for some no! reason. So he so he wasn't <laughs> far off. But you're right, a toy one makes more sense uh, now that I think about it. So, you know, I can, we can't blame Scrooge for that then. It, it's a common misconception from as we just proved. Oh, Danny, do you have other holiday comics that we didn't read together that you want to bring up? Um, I, I don't have a lot, but I, I do every year read whatever Marvel and DC put out just because I, I, I love the fact that we get to see uh, the creators kind of lo- like use a different muscle, right? It's not the normal stuff of like, oh, we have to keep following this continuity or bring <laughs> new exciting stories. Like, no, this is just like a, a feel good moment. Uh, I think there's one where uh, Batman, of course, uh, uh, Jason Todd is looking for a present or for a gift for for Batman. And uh, a long time ago, he gave him a watch. And I I don't even know if it's from a holiday issue. I just remember that it was during the holiday times. Uh, And it was a very touching story because eventually Bruce finds that Jason did fix the watch for him and he was going to give it back to him. Uh, and oh, it was no. definitely one of these. Antho- yeah, I know it's definitely one of these anthologies, but but I just really love that stuff. Like they're just so much fun, and and I do go back and revisit some of those when when I want a good holiday feel uh, on a story. Yeah, they're so cute. I I just like getting a bunch of the DC holiday specials because again, like you said, wanting one of those out of continuity stories. And my reaction is always, why don't you do more of this? Like throughout the year release some kind of like anthology collection where it's out of continuity and i know some people would say well what about the annuals and i'm like well sometimes the annuals tie into the regular story and then you need to be reading the whole thing what if i just want <laughs> yeah. to read like a flash story without having to worry about the last five years yeah i, I wish they did more that were in like themes because they, they do like quarterly things for like summer or, or uh, valentine's day but just give me an anthology that is just an anthology because Right. We don't need it to have like this special location feel to it. Yeah. But I do like the Christmas ones. So yeah, I'm not sure. mad about it, those. Keep making no, those. It it's my my like I said, my favorite time of the year. Like this whole from Halloween till the end of the year. I just love the atmosphere, uh, and I really have a good time. So 
Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we read these. I'm glad we revisited some stuff. And I'm glad we explored this whole Archie thing. I wrote a note that says, is Archie uh, wearing a Captain America shirt uh, in one oh, of the issues? So Interesting question. I have an answer for you. Are you familiar with the shield? Oh, uh, I am, but not in the most. It's only because they recently resurfaced the character Okay, uh, so that I know with the shield. The S.H.I.E.L.D. is an American patriotic superhero that predates Captain America by, um, I forget if it's a month or a year, but the S.H.I.E.L.D. definitely like predates him, but they have a very similar costume. They both uh, were published at the start of World War II um, as like a partial like propaganda tool to help encourage America to get into the war in Europe. And it the S.H.I.E.L.D. like keeps showing up every few years um when whenever archie decides to kind of like revamp their mighty crusaders line of superhero comics which they tried to do like a really big push for that about 10 years ago and it didn't really take which is unfortunate because they do have some interesting material to work with and it's always interesting to see superhero stories outside the big two context but the shield has always been like because of that captain america like popularity boost they're more like visible superhero so it was a really nice touch to have archie wearing a shield t-shirt just like in a holiday issue it's like if you know you know and now you know yeah yeah that was that was a that was a fun touch and then my advice if you're gonna read the archie book every time you get to a pinup take a break and that's (laughs) enough you you read enough story or or to a coloring page color the page and then take a break Kenny, you and I are uh, different people. I was like, this is only 200 pages. They produce 1,000-page books all the time. I am glad we stuck to the 200-page one. Because like I said, I had a good time, but since I read it all in the past few days, uh, it's a lot more Archie than I, I probably wanted all at once. That's okay. It's good if you're like, you know, if you're a person who has, for example, the Hoopla app on your phone and you're out running an errand and you're at a doctor's appointment and you're in the waiting room and you're there for like an indeterminate amount of time. Maybe it's going to be 10 minutes. Maybe it's going to be three hours. Just like pull out an Archie comic and start reading. (laughs) That's my pitch. I know the situation I just painted for everyone. They're like, Kara, no. (laughs) I mean, that's what I do with my uh, Shonen Jump manga app. So like I just read a chapter because they're quick and I can, I mean, I think Archie's kind of published the same way originally. So like, it makes perfect sense. Yep. One and done. Don't need to know a continuity. Can just jump right in and pick up context clues to know who Jingles the Elf is. Oh my god. Was Archie <laughs> the manga of the 60s? Maybe. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that we have time to explore this. Uh, That's a different minisode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, Danny, thank you for joining me on this magical Christmas adventure. I, I am so happy uh, that this is the way we get to kick up our holidays. All right. Well, um, a very happy holiday season to the rest of you. Um, Obviously, my last thought is to go read some holiday Archie comics. But um, in the meantime, you can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Goodreads, or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Infinity Shred is the best. They do our music. Xander sees you when you're sleeping but he doesn't know if you're awake. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, thank you, lovely listeners and Danny for joining me. And until next time, comics are good. And so are you. Yeah.